and good evening, our fellow lovers of love. And thank you for joining us on this excursion through the stream of consciousness, down the river of tranquility, and on towards the lake of love. I know, and you're doing all that just outside of the camera. Just, you got half of you, is what they get. We get the lovely, lovely, lovely in purplish, pinkish today. I, I don't know what. We don't care. We don't I don't care. know, Hugh, what camera that is, but the color adjustment is not quite correct for those of you who happen to be watching on the live stream rather than the podcast. We have the lovely is joining us on her own cam today. She's got her own cam. But I can actually see, I can interrupt her cam. Say, mm. <laughs> hey, it's mine. <laughs> I can interrupt her cam. So we're actually still here. You're supposed to do that before. I know, I know. I am thankful for your interesting. In, nah, God, I, I knew this was going to happen today. I shouldn't have tried to use a complicated word before my mouth got warmed up. I knew this was going to happen. We talked about it just an hour ago. We did, we did. Anyway. I am thankful for the opportunity to be here and sitting here trying to make my mouth work for you all tonight. <laughs> we are here tonight to discuss thankfulness, Thanksgiving, the food of Thanksgiving, and all that various lovely stuff. You just want to slide a little closer into the camera there, love it. There you go. And it also, microphone. See? Gotcha. You got, I know. Well, we, it's a little uncomfortable for my leg. Here is here good. Is here okay? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, you're on there. Well, the problem is if I angle the camera a little bit more that way, it doesn't get it gets into the it misses the I know I saw that the background. And so I actually can't adjust the background. I've got a couple. I got another foot, so I can't adjust it that way. I just didn't have time to do it tonight. Anyway, for those of you who got to hear some of the stuff that we should have talked about before the show started, <laughs> you guys get to hear a little bit of the back show banter about the things we're supposed to do and don't, <laughs> or should do, I suppose. And this time, I wasn't even supposed to do. It was just should have gotten done and. But I didn't realize the camera angle was just not enough until now. No worries. No worries. Anyway, so we'll adjust it. But I am thankful that we have the lobby here tonight on camera. She just got home from a Thanksgiving dinner, I believe, is what we can. I believe we In can. Early Thanksgiving dinner, the uh, man of the house. It was my oldest daughter's house. Uh, the man of the house is leaving the country, and he won't be back until December 19th. So we had a family gathering. Lots of little ones running around. The turkey was moist, so that was good. Everybody liked my sweet potato casserole, so that was a score. Becky took it out of the oven. She reheated it. She said it smelled like Disneyland. Oh, like Disneyland. Oh, I guess the uh, the marshmallows. Huh? The marshmallows. Yeah, marshmallows mar on the top. Of the yeah, I was disappointed that they didn't have any marshmallows left over, that uh, so I could just chew the marshmallows. But uh, having straight sugar probably isn't the greatest thing for me. <sighs> but sorry, babe, I used the whole bag. Yeah, I noticed. By the way, I didn't notice you that. You didn't ask. I know I didn't ask. I wasn't gonna ask. 
you would go if there was happened to be some left over, I was going to steal them, but there wasn't. Well, well, now I know. <laughs> well, no, they didn't need to know. If you use what you use, and if there was something left over, I'll eat them. That was my plan. My plan wasn't to try to, you know, remove some flavor from your dish. That you were, yeah. Yes, I know. It's probably, but they I can have. Could, I could have. I could have spared a couple of marshmallows. I'll know for next time. That's all right. I they can have the covered. diabetes. I, I got, got enough you, health problems. I got you covered. <laughs> they can have the diabetes. I have enough health problems. I just. <laughs> It's a way I can show that I'm thankful for you. Yeah, well, yes, but you showed you cared for me by using all the marshmallows. <laughs> well, just... I didn't know you wanted them. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody gets a peek into our little relationship. I'm just having fun with you over the marshmallow. I did I did kind of <laughs> saw the package, and I was kind of disappointed. I would do must say, but it doesn't actually mean you're going to need to turn that thing off. Because mm. the microphone will pick it up. I didn't realize until it clicked off. Anyway. Yeah, I forgot. The things we learned. Because that one's louder than the other one. But it works better. I'm sorry. These are things we should talk about behind the stage. But we just rambled on for five first five minutes of the show. I haven't talked about anything. So that's nice. We killed five minutes already. I suppose I should have turned the timer on. Well, we usually talk about our week. Well, I guess that was the week. Hey, I've been working out this week. I guess we're somebody's Yay. thankful for that. There's lots of lots of people who seem to care about me are thankful that I've joined the gym and gone to the gym a couple times. And you know, I'm. So I got mixed feelings about the whole thing. You know, so I'd be honest. You know, I don't. I don't have the. Uh, the uh, natural affinity for working out and exercising that a lot of people seem to get. You mean it doesn't give you a high like your mother? No. No, it does not. I don't get energized. I, I don't immediately, I don't feel better after a workout. Don't, no, none of that. Now, don't get me wrong. I can already tell that my back and my shoulders are appreciating the exercise specifically. My legs ain't so happy, but my back and my shoulders are appreciating the exercise, the stretching, the getting the workout. So, uh, it's, um, but no, other than the fact that I know it's good for me and I know my back and my, you have to be careful because the microphone's going to pick that banging up. Um, the, uh, I know long-term it'll be good for me and long-term I'll feel better, but I'm don't get the exercise high. I don't get the burst of energy or the feeling better or all those other things people report. I don't get it, which is why I've never exercised before. And I was always just enough of an athlete to not have to. <laughs> you know, just athletic enough to not really have to. You know, if I had put some effort into it, I could have been a decent athlete. But, you know, effort was for less talented people. And <laughs> I see. Well, yeah, well, I'm paying for it now, ain't I? <laughs> so, 
you know, I cruised through the first part of my life and you know, life is laughing at me now. So for all of you young people, yeah, you'll, and I know also you'll say this exact same thing I said when people told me, that's all right. I'm not going to live that long. It's actually what I thought. I figured I'd have, life would have ended me by now, to be honest. I did not expect to be alive this long. You're going to be one surprised old man. Uh, no kidding. I'm already surprised. I mean, life tries to kill me on a routine basis. <laughs> it's, it's, but yet, I don't, see, I don't seem to go anywhere, which I suppose I should be thankful for that. <laughs> I'm not just not thankful for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not in a hurry. I'm in no rush. You know? I don't want to be like, uh, I don't know. I was watching, I was watching a YouTube video earlier this week about a guy who's a 97 year old philosopher. And he'd lost his wife a few years earlier and he'd said he was just existing. Right now. You know, and as a, as a young philosopher, he said, you know, you don't know why you fear death. Because after death, there's nothing to it. It's just some uh, a philosophy kind of thought process I can understand. But now he's sitting there facing the end of his life, and he's fearing death. But yet, when you hear him talk, is he fearing death or is he fearing his existence? It doesn't seem to me like he's fearing death. He's just waiting for it. It almost seems to me like he's fearing his life without his wife. He lost his wife, and now he's fearing living. He's fearing existing. But yet, you know, you don't have it in you to end it. Which is, a, you know, it's not even a thought. You know, ending it yourself is not even a thought. Because it's not what you do. <laughs> you know, he's not depressed. He's not dealing with mental illness. He's just old. And his... He's lonely because the love of his life. He did married over 70 years. You know, he didn't know any different, essentially. After 70 years married to a person, the same person, you don't know life any different. It's almost sad It's that they have to die at separate times. You almost wish couples like that can go at the same time, within days of each other. Sometimes they do. Yeah. Because, you know, they kind of deserve that, don't you think? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But life doesn't always give us what we deserve, you know? Does it? It gives us what it gives us, and we have to make the best of it and be thankful for the time we have with those we love and try to move on when those times come that, you know, we have to deal with loss. Another friend of mine is dealing with and dealing with loss or the approach of loss. Elderly fathers passing away. They're all kind of surprised they live that long, but you know, it doesn't help with the pain of the moment, does it? You know, the fact that they live a long, healthy life or long life, the end of the life was maybe healthy, maybe not, but you know, it was a long life. But doesn't stop the pain coming. Even if someone had a long, good life, 
long, good, healthy life and just peacefully dies of old age. It's still sad. For those that cared, for those that are left by. Yes, it's a big loss. Yeah. And even when you have it, those times where it's almost a relief for both you and the person who passes, you know, the end of life is not always pretty. And, you know, sometimes it's a, trying to think of a pleasant way to say it and there's just no pleasant way you know sometimes those end years end months are uh, difficult for everybody at best shall we say and uh so when the end does come there's a sense of relief they no longer have to suffer and those that are left behind can properly grieve but they still have to grieve And, you know, this time of year, I think in one of the articles we posted as kind of our show prep, what we used for show prep today, there was a discussion about um, grieving and dealing with the trauma of the holidays. It's a lot. It's a trigger for a lot of people. And a lot of people lose their families around the holidays. But, you know, the first Christmas after the loss of a parent, is often traumatic. You know, as you feel that loss again, even if you've fairly well gotten over it, you feel it again. You know, I haven't, luckily haven't had to lose a parent, you know, but I've lost, you know, so you don't have that. Grandparents are a little different. I think you kind of expect to lose them at some point in your life. Your parents, you don't. You know what I mean? As a- I knew when I was a child I knew I was going to be older, much older, but I knew I was going to lose that. That's the way it goes. I realized that when my grandparents died, I knew I was going to be in my mother's shoes one day. Yeah, I don't know. I never, I know logically, I know that, you know, I'm, well, of course, with my health, you know, I never actually. But see, there again, I thought I was going to die early. So I never expect to actually outlive. My mother's healthier than me. <laughs> I mean, if you hooked us up to a medical machine, it's going to point out that my mother probably has a longer chance of living longer. It's just because, you know, she's relatively healthy. I'm relatively not. So despite the fact that she got, what, 20 years on me or so. Yeah. Women live 10 years longer anyway, and I'm likely, you know, it's <laughs> my mother probably lived long. I'll probably live a little short. But then again, you know, you don't want your mother to have to bury you. Why are we talking about death? We're supposed to be talking about thankfulness. Good Lord. <sighs> But I guess you can't have thankfulness without having loss, can you? Kind of truly makes you thankful for what you have. Yes. And to appreciate those relationships that mean so much to us. 
Can't have one without the other. Yeah. You can't have the great highs of love without the great lows of loss. Yeah, I wish we could. But the yin and yang of life doesn't seem to work that way. Sadly. You know, and for those few who it does, you know, those few who actually get it, I, uh, I don't have any animosity. There's a lot of people who have animosity to people who seem to have an easy life. I don't. Life is brutal for enough people. No, no, no. <laughs> Why would I want, you know, well, let's make their life worse just because our life sucks. Well, no, be happy for them. This was my, always my theory is be happy for them. Yeah. You know, just because I'm miserable or theoretically, you know, not as happy as I would like to be doesn't mean someone else shouldn't be. Anyway. So, you know, be thankful for what you have. Grace of God go I and all that kind of thing. It's hard for me to say that kind of thing because I'm not a believer in God. But I but I can appreciate the sentiment behind the, the meaning, you know, the meaning behind of that. I can... Can I read a quote from yeah. one of the articles? Yeah, I really please like do. this one. Enjoy the little things. For one day, you may look back and realize they were the big things. Was that from the five, five tips? Yeah. All right, let's go through that one. Let's go through the five tips. Okay. So, tip number one: pause and look around your, around yourself. Pause and look around yourself. Pause and look around yourself. What three things can I be thankful for in my life today? Mm -hmm. Who are the three people I can be thankful I have to have in my life and why? Yeah. Don't compare yourself to others. It's, you know, if you can't come up with three, one is great too. Yeah, well, you, you can come up with three. Think harder. Spend some more time. Get a little introspective. You can come up with three. Work harder at it. I'm serious. I'm... Okay. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> All right. So what else we got? Let's Number two. Express your thankfulness. <sighs> yeah. That's a good one. Okay, don't stop at just coming up with people for whom you are grateful to have in your life. Take a few seconds and tell them about it. Oh, we've got lots of comments here today. I wish I could read. Daniel Graham. Thank you, Daniel. Oh, we don't cover those things here. I appreciate you. I appreciate the, the, the sentiment, but we don't cover the politics here on this thing. Um, talk to me on Mondays at 1130 Pacific time and, and we can talk politics. But here we talk life and love and things like that. Facebook comments, but, you know, I, I also have I talk politics in this, but this is where I don't. It's kind of the, the whole point. You're this always bit. talking politics. No. 
You not do here. with me every day. Yes, with you not here at the sh- on the sh- on not this, in sh- this show. No, not in this, this is sh- our this is the this break. is the respite. <laughs> this is the respite. Yeah, <laughs> this is the respite. This rest- is something different. This is the what we do to to keep us grounded. Counterbalance that. But there's more to it than that, though. Just to to kind of be thankful about talking a minute about thankfulness about what we're doing and expressing well, yeah. the thankfulness. Um, I am thankful to share, to borrow from AA, my experience, strength, and help. Well, I'm thankful for us to be able to express ourselves. You know, because if you can reach one person, you can... I don't want to say change one person's life, because that's not what we're after. But if you can have a conversation with one person and if one of you grows from that conversation and one of you becomes a better human being from that conversation, then all of this is worth it. Yes. You know, it's not about making the world a better place. How the hell do I know what the world a better place is? But I do know that having quality conversations makes the world a better place. And so we try to do our part to have quality conversations with love and compassion. And we try to spread some of that. And this is a, you know, and the desire to counterbalance the politics created this. You know, the desire to make sure we didn't lose ourselves or me, I didn't lose myself in politics. And I'm going to take an opportunity to focus on the love and the compassion side of what I also do in politics. I don't, oddly enough, it's, it, this is a one-way street here, but the politics is a two-way street. You know, I say we leave politics out of this show, but I don't leave this show out of my politics. Every show, my political show, what do I end it with? If you watched my shows, you would know. Love everybody. <laughs> Love everybody. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, it's all right. I'm having a good time over here today. I guess. Okay. Well, I'm glad you are. All right. So where are we at now? We're at number three. All right. Look towards yourself, too. Ask yourself, what are three things I can be thankful for about myself? It could be that you were a good sister during a crisis last week. It could be that you finally got done with that boring or difficult task you've been procrastinating on. You could simply be thankful for your good sense of humor. So, it doesn't have to be about big things. You no, know, what are you thankful for yourself about? Give, what, do you have three? Me? Yeah. Or do you, I can do that. I can pull three off uh, out of my um, off of, out I'm of my a, head. I'm a good listener. Uh-huh. Um, I am honest, and oh gosh, I'm stubborn. I have boundaries. I have very firm boundaries. 
I know how to say no. Hey, I'm thankful. There's nothing wrong with being thankful for being stubborn. If is it's as long as you know when and where to use it. There's nothing wrong with being thankful for that. I'm just pointing that out. I mean, because you know what you mean I by kinda, stubborn. I kinda, yeah. yeah. I have very firm boundaries. Yeah. Enough. But, you know, those are those are movable. Yeah. They are movable. They're they're not they're not set in stone. I have a couple that are set in stone. I won't I won't lie for you. You're going to have to do that for yourself. So let's see. For me over here. I, uh, I've got, I'm, apparently I'm pretty hard to kill. So that's kind of nice. That's a, that's something to be thankful for, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm pretty resilient there. Um, I have learned to become empathetic, which was actually a long laborious task. You know, something that I had to work out. Some people are naturally, but I'm also naturally kind. So even when I had trouble being empathetic, I was always naturally kind. And so, you know, hey, you know, I am human. I have my moments and periods of time. But genetically speak, generically speaking, I'm fairly kind. The vast majority of time, you have your, you lose your temper sometimes. It's so rare, though. It's quite a shock. I never know what to do. <laughs> Nothing, because it goes away relatively quickly. It does. Sometimes you have to take a walk. Yeah. You need your alone time. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Put it back into its space. That's all it is. It's just, you know. Walk it out. Yeah. Think calm, it. Calm down. Think it out. And then be able to use your higher brain functioning when you can't, when you're pissed. <laughs> no, you're all emotions, man. <laughs> Emotions overcome thoughtfulness and, you know, <laughs> and you don't want to ignore emotions. You don't want to ignore, you want to honor them, you, but they will lead you astray if you only pay attention to them. You know, you, you've got to, you know, emotions are extremists. You know, if you think of your head, we'll go into politics. If you, if you think your head is like a Congress, you know, and you've got different factions in there. Yeah, you know, emotions are extremists, man. They're the extremists of the of the mental world. They're the political extremists of the mental world. Yeah, they're those hardcore activists who never shut the hell up. <laughs> and once you solve one thing, they're on to the next one, right? They never stop. That's that's your emotions. You know, the logic centers. You like those old curmudgeon old senators who sit around, you know, smoking cigars in the back room. Well, now, you know, we have to be considerate of the long-term effects of these policies on the various issues of, the, yeah, yeah, those are those guys. And you've got to balance those two, right, in order to actually function. That's a good analogy. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, and, you know, sometimes you have to move a little faster, sometimes you have to move a little slower, but, you know, anyway, you have to all be considerate. All right. Number four, be thankful for the things you may take for granted. And that's a hard one because if you've taken something for granted, it's often hard to know you've taken it for granted yes. by its very nature. Yes. It's because you don't think you've taken it for granted, but you accidentally have. It's very rare people deliberately take things for granted. Honorable people 
take things deliberately for granted. There's things that do, but we're going to go as generically, right? We're not talking predators and abusers here. We're talking to average people. They don't deliberately take advantage. They don't deliberately do it. No. It falls into a pattern, into the rut, into the, and it just becomes background. And it's accidental. It's still wrong. We still need to, you know, mind ourselves of it because, you know, accidentally hurting somebody is still hurting somebody. And if you take advantage of somebody, even accidentally, you don't express your thankfulness at the very least. You don't reciprocate what you can, you know, because not all relationships can be equal. You know, sometimes you have a best friend from high school, you know, and he, you're really successful. He's not. And so, you know, if you want to go out and go fishing or take a trip with him or something, you know, you're going to have to carry the financial load. But you do it because of the emotions and the that are attached to it. You know, it's not logical. It's emotional. But because they express how their willingness, they keep the relation there, they keep their end of the relationship up. It's okay. That's the so that's the point. All right, what's this next one? Number five. Start or end your day with thankfulness. And they have a um think it said to make thankfulness into a habit that sticks. Find a regular time for it in your day. And they suggest writing them down. And this is, this is a good habit. Um, it, it's cause it's a really great to look back on and see the things that, how, how you've grown, how you, how your concerns have changed. You know, it jogs your memory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it also sets your, well, okay. for those who have trouble with these things, I think there's different types of people. Some people, this kind of thing works for and other people it doesn't. So you want to know who you are. You want to understand yourself. Um, the concept, the generalized concept is good. Figure out how it works for you. But if you're one of those people who, you know, how you what happens the first thing you get out of bed kind of sets the tone for your whole day then you want to start your day in a mental proper mental frame of mind and this is one way to do it and yeah. so and so depending upon your personality type you know these kind of things can have more impact than others but if you are someone like that who you know how you start your day greatly impacts the rest of your day you know if you have a strong routine person and adding this as part of your routine so all right we are going to take a quick break we'll be right back and we are back from our break we want to thank you for joining us here on late night love you can find all our you can find everything you want to know about the show at latenightlove.us. And you can find us on all your various social media platforms. Come on, go away. There we go. 
<laughs> he ordered that WTTJ onion. I don't know what that is. I don't know anything about food. So I, I despite the fact that I, I used to work in a restaurant and I was a prep cook in it in, a, in a, like a four star restaurant, I, I like fourteen. I ha, I know nothing about food anymore. I used to know stuff about food. I don't know anything about food anymore. Well, because I don't taste it right. So <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> so what'd you have for for Jay? You guys had just turkey turkey. I said. We had turkey cranberries, uh-huh. um, mashed potatoes and gravy, mm-hmm. um, sweet potato casserole. We had a corn and Texas cornbread casserole. We had a green bean casserole. We had macaroni and cheese made with smoked Gouda. We had rolls. We had pumpkin pie and pecan pie. No. Well, I should have gotten that. Well, because usually they have some weird food that I can't eat, and then it's rude for me to not eat. And no, so, honey, that's on Eid. That's when they have traditional Bangladeshi <laughs> dinner. <laughs> yeah, but last time they did it on Thanksgiving, too. They had, like, I don't know what the hell did they have. Biryani. No, it wasn't biryani. It was, I don't know, it was the goat's head or something. Maybe it was goat. They never did a goat head. Maybe it wasn't a goat. What was it, goat? What the head? Yeah, they had goat. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, they have goat. It's very good. But I don't taste food right anyway. So anyway, so yeah, anymore. Anyway. So there's that. So, but we have Thanksgiving dinner here coming up Thursday, a more traditional, well, traditional date, traditional time type of thing. My traditional family Thanksgiving. First one in a couple years. Might be a big to-do gathering. See how many people show up. Yeah. Who knows? Should be fun. Like I said, all I like is the ham. Beaver tail. What do you think beaver tail tastes like with onion? Oily. Oily? You think beaver tastes oily? Or beaver tail? I think beaver tail is oily. Greasy. <laughs> well, I could take the, the short way out. It'll be gamey. <laughs> take the short way out. It'll be gamey. Do you want to get to some questions? All right. Let's see what we got left here. Let's see. Um, I've lost my... This whole eyesight thing is really annoying. <sighs> I am not thankful that I'm losing my eyesight, but I suppose I am thankful that I can still see some. Uh, what does it mean? So we've actually kind of covered. Well, there is one thing. What is the difference between gratitude? This is actually an interesting philosophical question. So we'll kind of cover this real quick. Difference between gratitude and uh, thankfulness. Wasn't gratitude more of a verb? Well, I think, was it thankfulness is, no, gratitude. What, this particular, the article I posted in on the website, latenightlove.us, by the way, was, um, I think gratitude was an emotion. I'm waiting for it to load. It's not loading. I'm trying to remember what the, uh, 
gratitude was an emotion, thankfulness is an action, or was it thankfulness? Anyway, one of them's an emotion and one of them's an action. I think thankfulness is an action and gratitude is an emotion. Why was the other way around? Yeah, stupid thing isn't loading for some reason. Um, so, but anyway, it's an interesting philosophical question because I think we use them interchangeably maybe and they're not actually the same thing. Is because is gratitude internal and thankfulness is something you're willing to express, I guess, is the... Okay, Oxford Dictionary defines the word grateful as showing an appreciation of kindness. This is where the difference lies. Being thankful is a feeling. Being grateful is an action. Okay, so I had it backwards. Or, according to the dictionary, I have it backwards. So, I mean, it's an interesting concept, the difference between the two between thankfulness and, and gratitude because they're related but they're not the same thing right I think is well, one can lead to the other yeah but can you have thankfulness without gratitude grateful thankfulness see I think it's the same thing I think maybe it's a distinction without a difference anyway it's an interesting philosophical question to think about if in one of those nights when you're having trouble sleeping yeah, a way to cure insomnia. <laughs> hey, the other one's just think about time, but we don't want to go into that again. I think we've gone into that one here before. All right, so what do you got? Most of the hand, let's hit me up with these questions because I trying to. Have I, you ever woken up one morning and said, "I'm done," and then walked away from your life? Thought about it. Thought but about it. <laughs> <laughs> fantasize about it actually went more than I actually should have drove past the exit once or twice I suppose (laughs) but I always turn back around in the next exit or so yeah I I think many people have probably had the thought you know when life has got you down and nothing seems to be going right I just want to go somewhere else and start over but then, of course, you realize that you're never going to really start over. It's always going to be hanging up behind over you. And even if you do manage to get out from under this set of problems, it's still you. And you're still going to go ahead and create your whole another set of problems. So you might as well just fix these ones, you know, or try. Because you're just going to go. I mean, how many of us were actually, even if we did start over, right, to kind of cure all our world problems, our life problems, how many of us would actually not just end up creating the exact same problems just somewhere else under a new name? (laughs) I would. I know I would. I know me. I'm not as bright as I like to think I am. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Life keeps kicking me for a reason. You know, the only constant in that equation is me. By the way, I do realize that. I just don't know what to do about it. I've tried everything I can think of. I just keep trying it. Right? Yeah. So there's my answer to that question. Kind of a backhanded, you know, round of the way answer. But it's an answer nonetheless. Right? 
Okay, my 18-year-old son is starting to move out because I make him go to church with us. What should I do? Okay, so my question is, what is he rebelling against? He was clearly waiting until he was 18 to rebel against you. Why? I mean, before you can deal with it, you have to understand what you're actually dealing with. And you're dealing with symptoms, not the problem. What you're seeing is symptoms. These are symptoms of the problem, not the actual problem. And so we have to figure out what the actual problem is. And so in order to do that, we have to figure out what he's rebelling against. Were you over-controlling? Helicopter parent? You know, maybe you had valid reasons for it. You know, maybe you live in a bad neighborhood and you were trying to keep him off the streets. You know, and so, you know, I'm not necessarily saying what you were doing was wrong. I'm just saying we have to understand what's happening. If you actually want to solve it. You know, and, but is, you know, to kind of go along with the theme of the show, be thankful you have a chance to fix it. You know, because at some point he may have to. It may just, you know, young men at some point have to strike out and be, find their own selves, try to find their own selves. And maybe it's time to let them. Just, you know, you love them and say, hey, I mean, okay, when you're ready to come back, you've got a bed. Or not. There's no right or wrong answer here. That's kind of the problem. I can't say this is what you should do. It's complicated. Because I don't know the family history. I don't know the personality of the teenager. I don't know if there's something legitimate to rebel against or if he's just rebelling because it's generic teenage rebellion. Don't know. Well, he waited until he was 18. Yeah. And there could have been some trauma. Right around the same time. 18 may not have had anything to do with it. There may be something else going on. There could be drug abuse or alcohol abuse or something. It, there's a hundred things that could be going on and that need to be dealt with. But like I said, this is a symptom, not the problem. So figure out what the problem is. Is my suggestion? Okay. Oh, this one's awesome. I promised my son a PlayStation 5 if he got straight A's, and he did. But I don't want to give him a PlayStation 5. What should I do? you got to buy him a PlayStation 5. <laughs> you messed up there, didn't you? <laughs> that's on you. Yeah, that's what you get for using, a, you know, your bribe worked. And now you're not going to fiddle, fall out on your bribe? What lesson are you teaching him then? You screwed up. Don't punish him because you made a mistake. Because that's what you'd actually be doing. You'd be punishing him for doing exactly what you asked him. You're that sending the wrong message. Get him a PlayStation 5. Have a long conversation with him about proper usage. And it's an ongoing conversation. That's not a conversation you can have just once. But have a conversation. You're not dictating. Have a conversation. Start to build this relationship. Remember, you know, your 
you're practicing for his adulthood. You have an opportunity to shape his adulthood. And that's what your goal is. Your goal isn't to get him to, to conform. Your goal is to get him to shape his adulthood, get him to practice. So it's actually not bad that he has these distractions in his life as long as you teach him to use those distractions properly. That's your opportunity. And that only happens if you can have an open, honest communication. Okay. And you can't have an open, honest communication if you don't follow through with a bribe. That's why you don't bribe your children. Anyway, that's that's a whole different question. <laughs> okay, since my son turned 18, he's been out of control and disrespectful, saying that he's legal and can do whatever he pleases. What can we do to turn his behavior around? Well, it's actually, this is the same answer that we gave to the other one, isn't it? Yeah, it pretty much is. Actually, so oddly enough, going on. oddly enough, I think I answered the longer, it is the same answer. And the longer answer to this one is actually, was what I was answering. I was answering the wrong question in my head. Oh, 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 okay. No, so this is actually, so I gave the other answer, but it's the same answer. I should have, I should have just combined these two as one question. Um. But it's the same, it's actually the same answer. What you're seeing is symptoms. This is a symptom of some other issue. This one's probably a bit more severe than the other one. And so you may be something like a uh, alcohol or drug problem is maybe a bigger issue. It might be something to be more look out for it because uh, a rapid personality change. Yeah. A snap personality change is, well, not a, not necessarily unheard of in young men. You know, I'm 18, so now I'm, you know. Depend- I don't have to listen to you anymore. Yeah, that's not unheard of. But if you have a strong relationship, if you had a strong relationship it, previously, it's, you know, it's also not common. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, relation a strong parental child relationship doesn't break at the snap of fingers unless there's trauma or external use like drug abuse or alcoholism so I deal with those kind of things just be careful you know maybe counseling see if you can get them into counseling but that's going to be hard because there's a lack of trust here somewhere and maybe there's legitimate reason he lacks the trust or you shouldn't trust him, but you've got to, again, you got to deal with the underlying issue, whatever the symptoms, this is a symptom, not a problem. Find the problem. Why are some people always single? There's not a simple question answer to that question. Some people want to be. They just want a date. Well, it's not even necessarily they want a date. It's that, the that type of relationship isn't a priority for them. You know, they're career oriented, right? That's usually what happens. Someone's career oriented. That's the most obvious answer. But then you get those people who, okay, the stereotypical. I'm not. I'll leave it alone. Then you get those. You get two stereotypical, right? Right. You get the the lonely guys who's socially inept. 
doesn't even if you know even if a girl showed attraction to it, he wouldn't know it. That's <laughs> you. Yeah, I have five kids. Apparently, some I figured it out. (laughs) 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 But, but you know, if you get those, and you get those, uh, those longtime single women who end up with you know the fifty cats who never had a never married, but. Inherently, there's always a personality issue buried down deep. You're so you know, socially inept, or trauma based upon you know maybe it's based upon trauma and childhood trauma that you never got help with and never got over, and so they're afraid essentially to have that close relationship, and so they don't. And so there's. Lots of reasons why someone people would be single, you know, but just don't be judgy. You know, it's not you, and it's not even a thing of be thankful it's not you because you don't know they could be perfectly happy. Lots of people are perfectly happy living the lives that you couldn't be happy living, so be happy for them. Be thankful that it's not you. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, you know, don't judge based upon your wants and needs and desires. As long as they're fulfilling theirs, that's really all that's important. Very good. In America, are parents allowed to share a hotel room with their adult daughter? Well, as far as I know, we always did. We've taken girls weekends and with uh, with my daughter with my daughter and uh her sister-in-law we did a mother's day weekend one time it was great yeah i know but the i guess the thing is where's the question coming from because it's they say it's in america so they're clearly coming from outside the united states so you're the one who's traveled to muslim countries is there a is, is the only place i could think of would maybe be a, either a muslim country or a really traditional Asian country where you wouldn't want to, where you would have it something different. But I don't know. No? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. No, maybe some of our listeners. We have listeners in all over all over the world. We have listeners in Africa and Asia and so maybe someone can tell us if there's a culture, if there's a cultural issue somewhere. Is this a legal thing or is it a, you know, well, legal things come from culture. So, you know, a, yes. that kind of legal issue would come from culture. So maybe there's a place I, I'm, I'm curious to where, because when I picked up this question off of, I forget, Quora or Reddit, I, I didn't catch where he was from, where the asked question, the answer was from. I didn't see a, oh, 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 I didn't okay. see a tag. So. So it's just, yeah, in America, yeah, no one cares. It, it's your own business. Uh, how do I effectively block a neighbor's security camera? That happens to be pointed at my house. Oh, there's nothing you can really do about a neighbor's security camera who happens to be pointed at your house. Because, you know, it's the way the cameras work. I mean, every security camera and 
the country is pointed somewhere and it's going to catch your neighbor's house or parts of your neighbor's house. Or, I mean, if you're really worried about it, keep your, you know, your blinds closed. I actually heard that Sandra Bullock never opens her blinds. Because paparazzi, I guess her house can be seen from the thing, which is kind of sad because then she can never enjoy the outside view. But you have to decide which ones you're more worried about. But I would say, unless you think your neighbor's actually creepy, don't worry about it. No one's going to spend time going through their stupid security camera just to look and see what, you know, whether you're wearing underwear or a robe when you go to pick up your newspaper in the morning. I, it's, I don't think no one cares. My boss purposely makes all interview candidates wait one hour past the scheduled interview time. This is their filtering method as they refuse to consider anyone who leaves during the one hour wait. Is this legal? Well, it's probably legal, but it would tell me a place that I wouldn't want to work. I wouldn't want to work there. So it's just, I, you know, how oftentimes we think of, they use it as a screening process. Well, but for me as an employee, I'd use it as a screening process. Anybody who's going to have me wait in an hour is doesn't, isn't going to respect my time. Isn't going to respect my life. Now, as when I'm not even an employee, I'm sure the hell ain't going to respect it when I am an employee. <sighs> So, no, they've lost my opportunity as an employee. What they're actually doing is they're deliberately weeding out people who have options. So the only people who are going to stay are people who are freaking desperate. They're deliberately choosing people who are manipulable. will be, you know, if I worked at that company, I'd be looking for a way out. Because do you really want to have that type of environment? Is that really the ethics and morality you want to be a part of? Because let's face it, you know, you're, you spend eight hours a day at your job. That's a third of your day. You know, 20% of your life. If you go over the course of a year, you know, take out 20, 25% of your life. Of your waking hours. No, no, of your, all your hours. Screw your waking hours. Of all your hours. 20, 25% of all your hours are, are spent in that relationship. Do you really want it to be with something that's that unethical? It's a big red flag to not work there. Let them die with their bad employees because that's all they're going to get. They're going to get desperate and poor employees who desperate ones will move the first chance to get and the poor employees will stay until they get fired. <laughs> That's not a recipe for long-term success. So don't work there is the answer to that. And the market will take care of it. So that's how you deal with those. And we have approached the end of our show. 
It's been a nice night to have Levy on. We want to thank you for coming. Now we should see if we can get you on for the rest of these time. We'll get this camera angle worked out and the colors worked out because you're purple-ish over there. But we can do that for next time. And we want to thank everybody for joining. We want to thank you for being here and have a wonderful week with your friends and families. And for Good those safe travels, safe travels. And for those of you who are uh, sad this week, you know, remember that there are people out there thinking about you. There are people out there who care about you. You know, you may feel alone, but you're not alone. You know, me and Lubby, we care. We're here. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a show on Thanksgiving night. Who knows? Let's do a special. Sit down. All right. We'll think about it. Won't spend it a long time. We'll do a half hour or something like that. Oh, sounds great. Okay. So, for me, Lobby, I want to thank you guys for joining us. You can find us at latenightlove.us. You can find us on Facebook at The Late Night Love. You can find us on all the other social media things on with Late Night Love. You can find me on Twitter at Jazzrack. You can email the Lubbynator over there. Send her a dear Lubby letter at love at latenightlove.us. And from me and Lubby, good night. And remember to love everybody. Good night.